Welcome to a special series of the Her Empowered Divorce podcast. Here, I'm introducing you to a variety of expert professionals for your divorce team. Some you may know about, others you may not. I'm your host, Beverly Price, Divorce and Empowerment Coach. I'd like you to be aware of all the resources available to you that weren't available to me during my divorce because I want your divorce to be a better experience than mine was. From attorneys and mediators to financial experts to real estate and mortgage professionals, domestic violence experts, and child-centered divorce, we'll be exploring how these professionals can support you. Through these conversations with incredible divorce professionals, we hope to provide valuable insights and information to empower you to make informed decisions and feel confident as you move forward in the divorce process. We're in your corner, empowering you to be the master of your divorce while feeling confident, capable, beautiful, and stepping into the next best chapter of your life. Join me in each of these episodes for practical advice, actionable tips, and insights to prepare you for this challenging time. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. I hope you're having an awesome day. I'm Beverly Price, Divorce and Empowerment Coach and the host of the Her Empowered Divorce Podcast. In this special series, I am introducing an expert in each area of the divorce process, some of the roles you are familiar with and others you may not be. I hope that by watching this series, you become aware of all the expertise and choices you have available to create the best divorce team for you. The expertise ranges from legal to financial to real estate to coaching to financial planning, accounting, mortgage lending, and child-centered divorce. As a divorce and empowerment coach, one of my roles is to recommend these experts to you as you need them. I've spent time with each of these professional women and would be happy to introduce you to them. Today, I have these questions for you. If you are a separated, divorcing, or divorced woman, or don't even know what decision to make. So think about these. Did you know that there are real estate professionals trained in the specifics of divorce? Do you know what is needed to sell the family home in a divorce? Do you have your heart set on keeping the family home? Well, my guest today is Bridget Potterton, certified divorce real estate expert with Keller Williams in San Diego Metro. She's going to talk with me today all about through the ins and outs of selling a home during, before, or after divorce. Bridget has over 19 years experience in residential real estate serving San Diego and is one of the select group of realtors who has been designated a certified divorce real estate expert. And that uh, designation requires very intense training and examination. She holds a master's degree in business entrepreneurship and is also a real estate divorce specialist. She has been a member of the San Diego County Bar Association, and her education, experience, and sales volume reinforces her expertise in divorce real estate transactions. 
Hi, Bridget. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thanks for being my guest. Thank you so much, Beverly, for having me on today. Absolutely. So I know a lot of people don't know what a certified divorce real estate expert does. Can you explain it to us? Absolutely. So in a family law transaction where you're having to sell a home either before, during, or after the divorce, um, there can be some challenges that come with that. Sure. Um, there's, there's a lot of emotions. Oftentimes we have um, situations where maybe we have restraining orders or, or mm. sort of extreme cases where it's important to have special protocols in place, um, which as a certified divorce real estate expert, we are trained to do. Um, in extreme cases, when we need to, we will go to court and testify uh, when, when necessary. Uh, but the, the big thing is that we are trained as a third party neutral, which means regardless of who is on title or um, mortgage, we do what is best for the estate of the property. And so oftentimes that means maybe having to um, change some wording, maybe work with the attorneys on a court order or a, a marriage a marriage settlement agreement or something like that to mm -hmm. make sure that all parties are uh, feeling like they are a part of the process. And as I understand it, there are not many certified divorce real estate professionals in the United States. That is correct. Right now, across the country, we do have a bit over 150. But wow. um, just, just to give you an idea here in San Diego, we have uh, eight people who have been through the program here in San Diego. Um, I would say maybe about four of them are actively working in this this uh, particular niche, but there's 23,000 realtors in San Diego. So wow. a very, very small portion of us no are trained kidding. to work in this space with this particular designation. Yes. And I bet that there are a lot of divorces in San Diego. So that's a lot to handle. Well, certainly, I'm sure you've experienced this, but during COVID, we we saw an uptick, and it really hasn't slowed down. Um, yes, which which is unfortunate. You know, I, I think my initial thought was we were sort of front laid, front loading future uh, divorce cases that you know people that were stuck at home together and everything. Uh, but by all accounts, with all the the family law professionals I work with, they're all still slammed with no end in sight. Wow. So how would you say the divorce real, or the real estate process differs from if you're selling a home and you aren't divorced versus if you're selling a home and you are divorced? Yes. So the the communication is quite different the way that I do it. I typically communicate with both parties separately, regardless of whether or not they get along. Um, that is... Uh, Unusual. I think a lot of realtors, they're afraid of um, seeming that maybe they're going to be picking sides. So they try to do all the communication together. There's a couple challenges with that. Um, one of which is, is the obvious if they're not getting along. Um, right. That, that um, you know, that can in, 
conversations and arguments can ensue quickly and things can explode over small things like when the property is going to be shown or, or things like that. Um, and I think the other piece is that it's really important for both parties to feel like they have an equal say and that they need to be able to trust their real estate professional to talk them through each piece, the ins and outs of it uh, versus okay. a traditional transaction. What I have, say, uh, two siblings or a husband and wife or uh, a couple uh, selling their house together, I typically do all the communication together with all parties. Um, and so that has been... Been something that I have learned over a lot of trial and error of things that yeah. did not work well in the past. And, um, and again, just making sure that people feel heard. Selling a house during this process is scary uh, and can be mm-hmm. stressful in any situation, but, but to have to sell your house or to, in a lot of cases, maybe one party does not want to sell the house. Maybe they, they want to keep the house, but financially that's just not feasible. It's it's really tough in those situations, and I I feel for people who are in that circumstance where they want to keep the house and they just can't afford it. Especially Beverly, where I'm located, is in Southern California here in San Diego, and our rents are astronomical. And I know across the country, rents have gone up a lot. So let's say you're going through a divorce. If um, you haven't, if you've owned your property for maybe 10 years, you're probably not paying that much attention to the rental market. Exactly. And it can be yeah. devastating when you see, okay, my mortgage is $2,000 a month, but the rentals for a property half the size are $2,300. How is that? How does that make sense? Yeah. How is that doable? Um, and, and the challenge is, is a lot of people want to do what's called a buyout. Um, and I'm sure when you speak with our certified divorce lending professional, you'll deep dive into that. Yeah. But beca- because the rates are higher and people are going from two incomes down to one, typically, um, it may not be affordable to do a buyout. You may not qualify. Right. And that that's really hard um, because then essentially you either end up keeping the property and you have a, a, you know, somebody that you're not likely getting along with, um, that you have to co-own property with, or you have to sell it. Have you ever run into the case where someone's come to you and kind of gone through the process to conclude that they couldn't afford to get divorced? So, um, in in my case, because you know I'm a I'm a unique uh, professional in this industry where I only get paid at the closing. I don't charge any right. upfront fees or things like that. Um, but I think one of the challenges that we often face is that there are a lot of costs. It's not just court fees. It's attorneys' fees. It's uh, you know any professional that you're using, um, you know, ultimately they, they do decide that typically by the time they come to me, they're already well within their case. Oftentimes I'm a little unique in that a lot of times I get recommended by the attorneys or some, somewhere in their, in their, um, family law professional sphere. That's typically where they involve me, Mm -hmm. uh, or often, oftentimes 
if the two of them can't agree on a realtor. Here in, in Southern California, everyone has their real estate license. So both parties probably know five or 10 realtors each, yes. but maybe maybe they can't agree on one together. And they often bring me in as a neutral third party who doesn't know anything about either party and I'm not involved. And I, I help get them through the process. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. What are the things that a woman or, or a man should think about before they sell their home during a divorce? That's a great question. I think one of the challenges is um, when there has been deferred maintenance on a property or some work that needs to be done, the more you can do to prep your home to sell, the better in general. However, in these cases, it doesn't always make sense to do it. If one party's still living in the property or maybe uh, neither party is willing to front the money, um, sometimes it's better to sell it as is. Now, there are circumstances where I front the money for certain things to help the clients out and I get reimbursed at the closing. However, sometimes it's just a timing issue. Um, mm -hmm. Or or both parties are at the point where, you know, this has been dragging on for one, two or three years. And they say, you know what, Bridget, we just want to sell it. We just want to move yeah. on. We we understand, you know, that maybe we're we're not going to get top dollar for this property uh, because of the condition. Uh, and then I have other parties where they're absolutely. Yeah, Bridget, whatever you think we should do, we'll do it. Uh, you know, we'll split the cost of it. It just depends on on the scenario. So I really try right. to come at it from a custom approach of I need to meet my clients where their needs are and where they are at. And sometimes there's a lot of flexibility and sometimes there's no flexibility. And the, right. the best thing is just to, you know, to move forward quickly. Do you see any real differences in the divorce real estate market situation now as rates have risen versus, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago when rates were really low? That's a great question. And absolutely. Uh, I was sending a lot of people over to certified divorce lending professionals when they were debating on whether to sell or whether maybe one party mm -hmm. could buy the other one out. Right. And the challenge sometimes is that figuring out who's going to be able to do what can take a while. And unfortunately for some people, um, whether it be taking a while in court or taking a while with uh, the back and forth or them just dragging their feet, getting, getting a, a, a buyout in progress. And unfortunately now the rates have more than doubled since last year. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were at rates in the, in the low threes last yeah. year, or early in the year. And now, you know, we're in the, the upper sixes, uh, at the time that we're recording this. And so the, the market has just kind of been doing this up and down and up and down. Right. And unfortunately we have no control over that. And that really affects our clients trying to do a buyout. So I anticipate that there will be more clients over the next foreseeable future that are going to have to sell because mm -hmm. a buyout just isn't an option with the rates where they are. And sometimes a divorce can drag on for such a long time. They could have been in a situation where the rates were low and the market was better. And because their divorce, you know, took so long, they wake up and they go, Oh no, you know, it's, it's 
not a good situation at all. That's absolutely true. Uh, and the same could hold true if the rates were to drop significantly, that it could help mm -hmm. them in the buyout. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that happening in the foreseeable future. I think we were spoiled with really good rates for a while, Yeah. but um, certainly rates going down could help, help the parties as well. And then the fluctuation of the, of the market. So they typically have to get what's called a fair market value or an appraisal that gives them an idea of what the value of the home is worth. So if they do that, say, six months ago to do the buyout, they agree on a price. Well, the market has changed since six months ago. Right. So sometimes they end up having to pay for a second appraisal or another fair market valuation where um, they, they need to look at what the values are now when they're actually going to be transferring the property, whether it's to from one party to another or to sell the property. I do a lot of work with clients on conflict resolution and communication skills and things like that. And it seems that one of the testiest moments might be when they receive that market valuation. And the natural indication is to go, my house is worth more than that. Is that true? Do you see that happening? That is absolutely true in all my clients, even my traditional <laughs> clients. Yeah. Uh, because especially because our market has shifted a little bit quicker than a lot of us anticipated. Uh, you know, they see what their friends sold for, say, six, eight months ago and, and where the prices are now. And that, that can be a little frustrating. Certainly, that makes it all the more complicated in a family law case um, where each party is so um, in such need to get that money. So every dollar helps because it's often yeah. a time, it, often time having to be uh, divided out uh, between the parties. And so that that absolutely is difficult. Um, some clients are very realistic about the condition of their property and others maybe not so much. I think mm -hmm. one of the challenges we have is there's a lot of algorithms out there on different websites that show you what your home is worth. And oh, yeah. sometimes they can be off by five or 10%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're talking about a million dollar property, that is a lot of money. Yes, exactly. If um, So when that couple sells their home and divorces, you know, should they buy a house right away, each of them? That's a great question. And that is definitely a, a very personal choice as to where you are um, financially and emotionally, if you feel like you're in a position to make uh, a big decision. Now, if you are selling your property and you're going to be maybe buying in the same area and you know exactly what you want, uh, maybe that's not as as big of a decision, but I often recommend for people just to take a breath and, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, go stay with a friend if that's possible or, you know, rent a place for a little bit and just kind of get your bearings straight. You've been through a mm -hmm. lot um, emotionally, financially, it probably cost you more than you imagined it was going to. Yes. And sometimes it just makes sense to just, just sit for a minute in everything and then reevaluate what you want to do once you've got the money, because oftentimes the parties need the money from the sale of the home in order to buy the next property, uh, especially, you know, here in Southern California, we we have a lot of equity in our properties. And for those of you all over the country, if you've owned your home more than 
two or three years, you're probably sitting on a significant amount of equity, regardless of where you live. That's true. That's true. Um, what are some of the things that that this couple should be you know, prepared for when they're getting ready to sell their home? I think that there's certain points uh, through the process that can be especially hard. Um, one process, one part of it, of course, is, is getting the home on the market. Um, right. The other piece is sometimes showing the property is Ooh. hard for, yeah. for people who live in the home, especially if they don't really want to sell and they're having to sell because they have to financially. That is a hard piece. It's, it's, um, you know, my heart goes out to people who are in this position and, and have to sell, um, especially if you've got um, children in you yes. know, living in the home. That may be an added stress. Um, where are we going to go? What are we going to yeah. do? Certainly the, the farther in advance you can come up with a game plan, you're setting yourself up for, um, for a better situation. But I know a lot of times people need the money from the sale of the property to rent the next place or to buy the next place. And so sometimes that's not always doable. Um, I think also another challenging part of the transaction is when you get a, a copy of the inspection report, buyers typically will do a home inspection. Right. A seller could do one as well. Uh, here in, in, in San Diego, that's not as common, but buyers typically will do one. And then seeing all the things wrong with your house and then having a buyer ask you for yeah. uh, repairs or a credit. Now, again, that can be very frustrating, even in, in a oh, traditional yeah. situation. Uh, but you can imagine, especially when... We don't have both parties on board. Maybe one party is willing to give a credit. One party doesn't want to do anything. Um, sometimes we have situations where the conflict is so high that um, one party won't agree to do anything just because the other party agreed to do it. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, in, in some circumstances, you know, obviously we do have to get the attorneys involved. I try really hard not to do that. I don't like spending my clients money, uh, with their right. attorneys if I don't have to. And so my job is to, again, to really play the, the third party neutral for them so that I can be a sounding board and a space for them to feel like their voice can be heard. Because a lot of times I think one party maybe feels like the other party's in charge or, uh, they don't have a say. And that's, that's not the case with me. Yeah. I think, um, a lot of women in particular had been in a situation where they grew up thinking they weren't necessarily good at math, understand finances, understand realtors. And perhaps when they were married, they deferred all those decisions to the husband. So they walk into this situation and they're feeling insecure and they don't, and and on top of it, they're feeling all these emotions and makes it even more difficult for them. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think sometimes that we are afraid because we don't know what we don't know or we don't know mm -hmm. what to ask. And right. I think that when you're going through a transition in your life, like a divorce, uh, that is that is not the time to be afraid to ask. There is nothing wrong with asking questions, even if you think they're silly questions um, or 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 that somebody's going to think less of you. It is not the time to be silent and 
just sit and wonder. You have professionals on your side for that reason, to mm -hmm. help you through the things you don't understand or the things that you need help with. Gotcha. Um, I was thinking about it. And when, have you ever seen that list that's like the top stressful events anybody can have happen in their life? So mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, there's death, there's divorce, mm -hmm. there's moving. And then if you threw in buying another home, there's moving again. Mm -hmm. So it's no wonder that people are kind of um, frazzled um, and, uh, and have challenges in the process. A lot, of, a lot of the women um, that I deal with seemed to really want to keep the family home. Sometimes they say it's because of the children. Sometimes it's because they put so much into the home, whether it's decorating or what. What are some of the issues that they face that may be unique? So I, th I think you cut out just for a minute there. Can you repeat that question? Sure, sure. Um, when a woman wants to keep the family home, what are some of the issues that she has to deal with? Okay. I think so, you touched on some of them. Yes. So if you want to keep the home and that is your goal, number one, you need to look at who is on the mortgage. Um, if both parties are on the mortgage, then you need to figure out a way to get your uh, ex-spouse off the mortgage, which is typically going to be done through a buyout or essentially refinancing okay. the home solely into your name. That's the biggest thing. Um, you also want to think about what does owning this home mean financially? Yeah. So is there a homeowners association that I'm going to have to pay dues to every month? Can I afford right. that? Um, does the property need a new roof? Uh, is you know, are there upgrades that need to be done to the property or updates that I want to do? How much is that going to cost? Um, mm -hmm. Is there landscape maintenance that needs to be done? Do we have uh, a pool that you know I'm going to have to pay for the water or uh, a maintenance person if you choose not to do it yourself? There's a lot of expenses with being a homeowner and right. Let's if you're if you're the spouse that maybe wasn't involved in paying some of those things or you weren't aware of how much those are <laughs> costing every month, you want to yeah. make sure that you look into that because you're not just paying for the mortgage. You're paying for the whole house now. And you need to make sure that that's you know, that you're setting yourself up financially where you're going to be comfortable doing that for the foreseeable future. I think I think in many cases, there's just this fair either there's this strong emotional attachment to the home or somebody takes kind of the reverse position of, I don't want to live in that home because it's all the memories of when we were married and I want to get away from that. So there's a, there's a lot of emotions going on that, that you probably see all the time. Yes. And sometimes it's to the point where, you know, the party doesn't even want to go to the house anymore and they just, wow, you know, give me the keys and, you know, I kind of go in and, 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 and do my, my part and they, they don't want to be involved in it at all. Unfortunately, they're, you know, they're the homeowner, so they still need to do certain pieces, but they don't have to go back into the property if it's too uncomfortable for them. That's not a problem. Um, and I certainly respect that. Uh, you sure. know, you have to, like I said, we have to meet our clients where they are. And if they're at a point where, 
going to the house is going to be a trigger or um, cause some some trauma or bring up uh, things that they don't want to think about, then I respect that and we figure workarounds for it. Absolutely. Um, and one question or, or one thing that really comes to play, I think, in a divorce is a person's credit, right? And so what does the impact of that person's credit or on the reverse, their lack of credit, uh, how does that affect the real estate transaction? Great question. That is huge. So it's not uncommon sometimes when people file for divorce, uh, they'll get bad financial advice. Uh, one of the worst things I've ever heard is for someone to say, oh, stop paying your mortgage. It'll it'll just work itself out. Yeah. Um, even if you don't go into foreclosure, which, you know, there's there's time to not to avoid that. But the thing you need to think about is that the bank, once you're considered late, which is 90 days after, the bank uh, can file a, a, an NOD or a notice of default. And it can hit, hit your credit uh, and it does affect it because now you have a late payment on your on your credit. So not only are you dealing with that, but then you have to catch up with the payments at some point, whether it's at the sale of the property or whether you do it before that. Um, right. There, There's a lot of risk. Um, one of the other challenges with co-owning a property with your ex after you sell is what if they file for bankruptcy and you're both on the title and the oh, house wow. gets tied into that? Didn't even think of that. I mean, there's a lot of little things that um, I think a lot of people give great, well, well-meaning advice, but it's not always great advice. Um, right. And it, and sometimes people just don't know any better. Or credit cards. I hear about that a lot. They're, they're, they stop paying their credit cards because maybe they had a joint one or something like that. Or maybe one spouse was paying all the credit card bills uh, and they just stopped doing that. You need to be careful and and make sure you're, you're going to a, a trusted financial advisor yes. to give you that kind of, um, that kind of information because sometimes well-meaning people will just really screw your credit. And when you have bad credit, that affects you being able to buy a house. It affects you or being rent. able to rent yeah. and, um, or, or buy a car if you need to buy a car or really just mm -hmm. anything. So you need to make sure that you protect your credit as best as you can throughout the process. You know, I even learned that uh, my thought would have been if you have joint credit cards to close those. And what I learned was that actually will ding your credit by closing that card. Um, and that can affect your mortgage loan process. And so that was interesting. But I find in coaching that all the time, well-meaning family and friends are telling people, to do certain things or to feel a certain way or to interact with that ex in a certain way. And again, they're well-meaning, but it causes great harm. Absolutely. I'm sure you hear in, in your uh, profession, a lot of terrible advice that people are, are given by well-meaning friends who have maybe been through a divorce or a separation yeah. of some sort and they mean they mean well but oh, yeah. ultimately it can it can have devastating effects on on your client absolutely so we're kind of getting ready to wrap things up and i always like to ask for three actionable steps that the woman in our audience can do right now to kind of 
help them deal with the real estate in their divorce? Sure. I would say step one, most important thing, take a breath. Don't make quick decisions. Um, the, the process of getting divorced, even if you're going through mediation, is not fast. It's not quick. And right. you need to make sure that you're taking a minute to sort of look inside and say, is this right for me? Does this step make sense? Um, and if something doesn't feel right, you need to talk to a professional about about it, whatever that looks like, whether it's in the real estate realm or something else. You need to talk to an, a professional that can give you good advice. Um, number two is I think a lot of women think that they don't need a team when they get divorced, that they just need, right. say, an attorney. That's what most people exactly. need, an attorney or a mediator. But having a professional team, like, for example, a certified divorce financial analyst, a, a certified divorce lending professional, a certified uh, a, a divorce coach, um, anybody who can help you get through this process, because right. even if you are the one who decided that you wanted the divorce, there is still going to be some some challenges, whether they're financial or emotional, and you are going to need people to guide you through. So don't be afraid to call a professional and chat with them before you decide you're going to make some big decisions w without having any any professional guidance. I think that's probably one of the biggest things is getting the right people uh, behind you to make sure that you are able to get through this process. Absolutely. Well, Bridget, this has been so informative and I know uh, many of our listeners are going to want to know more. So how can they find you? Absolutely. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram, uh, Real Estate Divorce Specialist. And you can always give me a call or check out my website. My website is www.comehometosandiego.com and you can find me there as well. Awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't covered? You know, I just want to say that, uh, you know, if you're watching this, I know you're probably going through a tough time and I'm sorry that you are going through that process, but there are so many wonderful professionals like Beverly who are trained to help you get through this. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Absolutely. Bridget, thank you so much for being my guest today. You were fabulous. I just thoroughly enjoyed my time with you. Thank you. All of Bridget's information will be available in the show notes along with mine, and you can find them at herempowereddivorce.com on the podcast page. Thank you so much for being with us and uh, I believe that women helping women is our superpower. And that's why I'm bringing you these powerful women like Bridget, who are experts in all the areas of the divorce process. Divorce is not the time for guesswork when so much expertise is available. And I totally agree with Bridget. Build a divorce team. This time in your life is not to take to be taken lightly. Thank you so much for being with Bridget and myself on this episode of Her Empowered Divorce. Join me for the next episode of the series where I'll be diving deeper into what even more expert professionals can do for you. Thank you for joining us today and take care.
Thank you for tuning in to the Her Empowered Divorce Expert Series podcast episode. We hope that you have found the information shared in this episode valuable to you no matter what stage you are in divorce. Remember that it can be a challenging time, but with the right support and guidance, it can also be a time of growth and empowerment. If you are interested in learning more about divorce coaching, how it should be the leader of your divorce team, and how it can help you navigate this difficult process, be sure to visit my website at herempowereddivorce.com and request a free consultation. We also encourage you to check out our other episodes and resources on the website and to stay tuned for more expert insights and advice on how to create a positive, empowered divorce experience. Take care and we'll see you soon.